Hello and welcome to Come Out and Play, the D&D podcast that's all trans, all the time. My name is Benjamin, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be your DM for this campaign. My name is Moss, I use Z, them pronouns, and I'm playing Ember, who uses they, them pronouns. They are a human paladin of the singing flame. My name is Mel, I use they, them pronouns. I play Trick, who also uses they, them pronouns. Trick is a huge human warrior and Ember's elder sibling. My name is Haz, I use they, them pronouns, and I play Maynard, who uses he, him pronouns, and he is a skittish wizard. I'm Chris, I play Rill, and we both use he, him pronouns. Okay, so, last episode. You continued your journey through the fractured realm of Stonewalker. You discussed some of the visions that you had had, and then on your travels, you ran into a ruined library in which all of the scrolls had been rendered down to drifts of scrap paper and parchment on the floor, which was... I don't know if inhabited is quite the word, which still held the being that had once cared for it, a celestial creature who eventually, reluctantly, under the influence of magic, told you that its name had been Oroxol before the world had ended, which it was quite adamant had already happened. Between Rill's use of Suggestion and Zuchette's use of Dominate Monster, you managed to pass through the library without fighting it. And you are now, having taken a short rest in a room full of uh, uh, some floating candles which formed a constellation-based augury system, having taken your rest there, you are now trying to put distance between yourselves and the possibly not going to remain peaceable in seven hours or so celestial behind you. Okay. Whoever is navigating, I would like that person to roll me a survival check, please. Is it liable to be me again? <laughs> Unless someone else says they're in front, it probably is you. It's I will definitely leave that up to Trick. Good sense direction helps with the pigs. That's a 26. Hey, hey, hey. And, you know, the first part of the instruction you were given was go down, which is really easy. I mean, it's, it is not totally straightforward because you are not lucky enough to happen across a staircase which will go down six, seven hundred feet, which is the sort of distance you've been told you need to go. Um, but it's a nice, clear direction that's easy to follow when you get the opportunity. And forwards is a little more challenging. You're having to sort of rely on your sense of direction to not not stray too far left or right there. Um, but really, when you think about it, is navigating through a set of unfamiliar corridors really that different to navigating through unfamiliar dead woodland? Really? No. Nah. When you think about it? Not now that I think about it. So I'm not going to need to make any more like survival checks, right? Because like no, 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 whatever. That's the whole. The whole <laughs> oh, actually, I have a question. Mm -hmm. uh, do the ceilings get lower the further um, down and towards the middle we get? Um, 
No, you don't. You don't really notice them doing that. Um, in general, even the smaller rooms here are fairly spacious um, and and fairly high ceilinged. Yes, you definitely feel like this is less dwarven than you maybe had expected. In that, some of the design sensibilities are distinctly dwarven, and dwarves always have tended towards sort of a monumental approach to buildings, so there's more space in dwarven dwarven halls than you would necessarily think they need. But this doesn't feel smaller in scale than you expected. Now, maybe part of that is because drow tend to be about maybe five foot five, and dwarves tend to be around four, four and a half feet, and that's really not that big of a difference. But it also just doesn't have a sort of a dwarven exclusivity to it in general. Although it is has this enclosed underground feel to it, mm-hmm. it still has where there's decorations, there's still plenty of, of reference to kind of surface weather and surface creatures. Yeah, it's it is not as strongly dwarven as the dwarven halls that you have seen, certainly. Okay. I suppose that does make sense for this kind of god. They'd have to be, they would be concerned with everything, potentially, not just their own. Potentially. Okay, so for the next few hours, you are, I assume, and tell me if I become incorrect, trying to go pretty rapidly because you may have something on your tail in a few hours and you'd like to put distance in the way. So you're not really stopping to smell the roses, I think. That is a reasonable assumption. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As you go down, by by staircase and 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 by by bits. Sorry, my brain. What? As you go down uh, by sections, as you come across them, the further down you go, the walls around you are definitely becoming more marbled. There's a higher proportion of blue in the stone, which the rest of the body of the stone varies in shades of grey from white to black. But the marbling is shades of blue, and there is a lot more of it as you are going downwards. You pass a number of rooms and chambers which you might want to explore if you were not trying to stay on task. You pass what you would call a tree if it didn't appear to be water and ice in impossible configurations. Mm. Standing in a, a huge vault of its own. You pass a deep and chilly and endless seeming lake that echoes with distant dripping water and you can't see any of the other sides of that chamber at all you increasingly pass cracks you saw fewer of them at first before the library as you were descending but now you're seeing more again both physical cracks through the stone itself, and infiltrating veins of a black, 
absence that sometimes is in the wall or the floor and sometimes is running through the air itself. Sometimes you can step around those or pass them. Sometimes you have to backtrack and find another route because the corridor dead ends in nothing. And you are seeing increasing amounts of that and having to do more backtracking and route finding as you go. After you have descended pretty much as far as you think you need to go and have started focusing on moving onwards instead, you come to a place where... Sorry, I thought I'd figured out how this would go. Yeah, okay. The cracks have been increasing and feeding into each other to form bigger gaps and you've been doing your best to avoid them or go around or find another way but eventually you find yourselves worked into a corner where this piece of what is fundamentally a fractured realm comes more or less to a point that is not connected to the surrounding pieces like a peninsula that doesn't quite reach the opposite shore you can see that across what looks like about a hundred maybe 150 yards of nothing there are more darkened corridors with broken open entrances and if you could somehow Ford that gap, you could reach them, you think, or you could go back and go around, but Trick's gotten pretty good at navigating this place, and the only really promising option is one you've already avoided because mm, you didn't like the look of it, because it looked very much like a maze. It was a narrow entrance into a complex of translucent crystalline walls that looked like you could very easily get lost in it and that maybe that was the point. And if that has another exit, it might be on the other side or lead you to a place from which you could continue or you can try to bridge this gap in front of you and we can see the other side of the gap right you think so it's not very well lit over there everything has been quite dim in general that side looks even darker and you'll hope you can see something whether it is real <sighs> You are pretty sure you can see another side, but how you get there and if it will turn out to be solid ground, those are the questions. There is something out there that isn't nothingness. Whether you can trust it is less certain. You were fine when you jumped across that little gap when you first came into the realm. It wasn't pleasant, but you could jump across it. This is a lot further. Maynard. Yeah? Do you think you could light up this crossbow bolt for me? Didn't we already try this? It worked last time, I think. 
It's just darker on the other side this time. Sure. Touch when I want to make sure we're not jumping light. blind. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, I and I fire across the gap, taking aim by apparent distance. What's just to see if we can get a better look. Uh, range on a crossbow, a light crossbow, eighty slash three twenty. Uh, okay. So three twenty feet is like the furthest it can possibly like damage anything. Yeah. Roll me an attack with it, just for aiming purposes. Sure. Because you are at the limit of its likely range. Fair enough. With disadvantage, then? Yeah, it would be. Okay. Fortunately, I'm great with the cross. That would be a seven. Whatever the void is, it doesn't seem to sustain combustion. Or at least not... Or at whoa, least whoa, not combustion. Oh, you're putting a sorry. You're putting light. Sorry, I, I had in my head that you were setting fire to this. No, crossbow box. no, the, the light on light. the crossbow bolt. Yes, right. Uh, I will re. I will change my mind as to why exactly this this doesn't work. Um, <laughs> you you take aim at, at sort of the closest part of the other side, and you try to adjust for the distance, and, and you fire. Um, but the bolt doesn't seem to fly quite right through the nothingness that lies between the two places. Mm. Uh, and it, it, it gets part way and then starts drifting and, and sort of spiraling off and, and goes off course and becomes just another distant speck of light. Don't like that. Don't like that. It Shout. might require um, intent. I mean, for a longer period so maybe mm. if we we went in we'd be able to have mm. direction mm. Mm. On the but other we hand. know it's not anti-magic because the light persisted and that's good to know mm-hmm. all I'm saying is maybe we'll be safest going looking around the nice normal maze I have an idea about the maze, possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How big do you think it is? It looks quite big. I've been doing some pretty stonking navigation, right? You've been doing great navigation. Yeah. Go on. Do I have an idea of, like, the maximum extent of this maze from, you know, having gone past at least one side of it? If the maze is square, mm-hmm. which is, you know, if if the mage is square, it's probably mm, hundred and fifty feet on the side you saw. Right. The walls were were quite thin, and the pathway was only about four or five foot wide. So there could be a lot of twists and turns contained in that area. Mm-hmm. I will relay that. Right. I was wondering if we could use locate objects to get an orientation on your mother Rill. But you'd, sure you'd have, she'd have to. Though. Well, no. it make sure we would get turned around. Hmm. 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 I, I guess it would. I don't know, because it's not like it's uh, a bearing north or anything that would help us. Yeah, get... but over a small enough distance, it basically is. 
they'd be able to maintain a sense of a direction. That's true. Like you've got a light you're watching while you're navigating. I can only do it in. I can only do it in ten minute increments. I. And it would only work if she was within a thousand feet, but I don't know how close we are. I don't know. Just just jumping in as a DM, because this is... Hey, Maynard, didn't you literally learn a spell to tell you which way north was from the ship's wizard you met? I know you got a cantrip off him. You got a cantrip <laughs> off him. Didn't you get bearing that was going to tell you which way you were Jesus. moving in the local weather? Yeah. <laughs> I had... I completely... That's not even in my notes. Well done. You definitely learned a cantrip off him, and I'm pretty sure it was that one been so long since we were on a boat. It's been a long time since you were on a boat, and I could be misremembering, but I feel no, like... No, no, yeah, because Maynard was, like, hanging out with the other guy on the ship that knew spells. They were, like, buddy-buddy. Yeah, they definitely did a spell swap, and I think that was that was the cantrip you learned. Okay, good. Unless you got mending or something, but I'm pretty sure you were like, no, I want the cool homebrew one that tells you which way north is. Yeah, and I think I taught them uh, Shocking Grasp. Yeah, I think so, because there was definitely much excitement about killing giant crabs with it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. If we, if we go in the labyrinth and we, we get a bearing, and you tell me which way it is, I'll be able to keep that. You yeah. will. Uh, yes. Sounds like it'll help. I mean, also, we can't underestimate the value of just... Seeing how smashable those walls are. I mean, I don't have that much hope. <laughs> it didn't look like anything was act- actively moving around in there to take umbrage. In that case, um, I'll I'll try and and locate object. Um, hopefully it hopefully it catches something. Um, and real will you know sit down and um, pull out this this little forked um, twig that he has carved and um, try and cast uh, Locate Object. What are you targeting with your spell? Um, Wait, hang on. Is, yeah, yeah. Is this related to, 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 to the plan that Maynard proposed? Or is it yes. an unrelated Locate Object? Because Maynard then... No? I I thought the bearing was in place of locate object. Or if I lost track of things. No, I thought it was, but has S. Real to do it anyways, so I thought maybe it was still (laughs) there for some reason. Yeah, let's scrap that. We can just use the bearing thing. Because it does... We don't need an extra direction. We know what north is. Yes. So, we're good. We're good. Okay. There may not be a north here, but it would definitely be... A direction, I think. Okay, let's let's give it a try then. You find our way back to the labyrinth or the nearest part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it was it was fairly nearby, which is why you're aware of it as an alternative that you have at this time, so you can find your way back to it fairly easily. Mm. I know. If it was a labyrinth, that would be much easier to get through. <laughs> we just need some yarn. That's all. Hand on, hand on the left wall. No, I was thinking in labyrinths and being a single switching path in the most pedantic sense of the word. Because that's yes. just being silly. 
Right. Are we going to try smashing anything? I'm game to try smashing. Yeah, I feel like we should. We could at least give smashing a try, right? Smashing. If this try. doesn't work, then smashing maybe. I, I guess. I feel like if we can just smash our way through this maze, we don't need to waste a spell slot. I think if we could smash our way through this maze, it wouldn't be a very good maze. <laughs> I think probably, generally, if you are summoned to the presence of the, of the divine, or if you are a celestial being or the blessed dead, and you are presented with a reflective with a reflective maze in which to in which to wander and develop wisdom, generally speaking, you're probably not going to come to the conclusion that you should smash it. It's bad bad sport to just smash the maze that was made for you to reflect inside of, but uh, we're not here to do that. In our case. <laughs> <laughs> What are you smashing? <laughs> Not smashing anything at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> smashing. Good to know. But what are you smashing? <laughs> well, you know, it's just smashing news. Uh. I'm trying to conceptualize. <laughs> I'm trying to conceptualize a 100. Was it 150 feet? Yeah. Based, like, literally, you're basing this on when the next turnings and rooms. Are, yeah, yeah. and where therefore the walls must be because although the th this is a maze in a room in essence mm -hmm. the walls that make up the maze are translucent they look like they're maybe an inch thick of mm -hmm. a crystalline substance uh, it's very attractive it has these sort of vertical striations like mm. flowstone does uh, mm. it, it's sort of pinkish shade it's very pretty I'm just trying to get a sense of scale. So this is like, if you took, if you took like six or seven houses in a row, and that's like one side, notionally we're imagining. Yeah, like it's it's at least 120 I'd, feet. So I'm it's... really in favour of trying smashing early. I I am yeah. too. The pathway is about five foot wide, and the walls are fairly negligible. So you are looking at what's what's yeah you're looking at like you're building it on at least a 20 by 20 grid mm. kind of size and you can only see through a couple of layers of wall because it's not like glass where you can look through multiple windows stacked up it is a thin translucent stone you can see the next wall dimly and the faintest shadow of beyond that mm -hmm. and the stone itself is gently glowing so you're not going to trip over your feet in there but you're not going to be able to see very far we go to the maze room you are currently looking at the maze yes um okay uh i would like to cast bearings and mm -hmm. see what that gives me because there may not be a north here there most definitely is not. There is not. However, this is a fairly well-made spell, and it's, it's tapping into a sort of a fundamental aspect and giving you the orientation of the plane you are on. And on the material plane, and many of the others, they're flat circles, and there is fundamentally a northwards. And here there isn't, but there is fundamentally a... a clockwise and anti-clockwise um the direction in which you have been and are trying to go is anti-clockwise 
Sorry, it's clockwise. My brain. You are aware of clockwiseness and that clockwise is the direction you're trying to go. It is a little brain breaking because you are not used to quite that direct and awareness of a world that isn't flat. Bit weird. Okay, then um, before I start uh, heading into this maze, because uh, I've not been in many mazes, I have to admit, I'm going to keep trying to go in the right direction and take the turns that take me in that direction. Any other advice? If you're following me. Whoa, I think we're all going I, I together. Don't, I don't think we should split up, says Suchette. No, 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 we're not, not going to split up. I'm just saying that I will take point. Sure. Sure. You're the one with the spot. If you wanted to try and break the walls down, I'd rather you try it out here rather than in there. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Well, let's try with one, and then we will know whether uh, we can just smash our way north. Ember right. says, hopefully hefting their uh, axe. Okay. I assume you're just picking the nearest bit of, of wall. Yeah. Yeah. Roll, roll. I don't think you need to roll an attack to hit a wall. I feel like the wall can't dodge. Um, but I would like you to roll some damage against the wall. Okay. Um, actually, no, that's not the way to do this. Um, roll me a strength check, please. That's okay. a much better way to do this. 19. That's pretty good. It is, it is rock. Mm-hmm. And it's a little disappointing to confirm that it is sort of rock levels of hardness rather than glass levels of hardness. You would have gone through glass. No problem. You would have made a mess, but then you would have had a hole to go through. Um, you manage to make some dents. You do a bit of damage to the point where you strike. If you came through here with sledgehammers, then you could probably break down each panel in you know, 10 minutes or so of concerted effort with sledgehammers. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be very difficult to get through here with improvising with, with, with your weapons. And it would still be a lot of effort to plow straight through the middle. Um, but it's not impossible. All right. So now we know if we get lost, that is effort we can put into getting ourselves unlost. You know, for some reason, I'm really relieved that destroying it isn't an option. I don't know. It mm. kind of feels like knocking down a gravestone. I get what you mean. Mm. I suppose that's fair. Go on, right. We'll mark the walls as we go, though. Right. Good idea. And, uh, yeah, I, I head off making my best effort to keep my bearings. Mm-hmm. Roll me an intelligence check. Cool. Thirteen. Okay. You haven't been in a lot of mazes before, so it, it takes you a couple minutes to really get the hang of how to try to solve them. At first, you're more exploring every turning as you come to it until you hit a dead end and going, well, it wasn't that way. It, it takes you a little bit to kind of key into the process of trying to get through a maze. But once you do... You've been to university. You are familiar 
with the irritating practice of Socratic questioning, where your tutor, by means of asking you questions, is trying to lead you towards a conclusion. Uh -huh. This is that in physical form. You are trying to solve this maze, but you have this feeling like it is trying to be solved. It is trying to get you to go towards the center, even as it is a mysterious and branching setup. It's a little odd. But you are finding your way bit by bit, and increase, you know, the longer you work on it, the fewer dead ends you hit. And after really not very long in the grand scheme of things, uh, you all, because you have done this as a group, reach a central chamber. It is about 15 feet across, 15 feet square, I should say. Um, it is made of that same polished, pinkish, beautiful stone that the rest of the maze has been constructed of. It doesn't appear to have a second exit. And there is in the center a silver plinth, quite simple in its design, and sitting on top of it, a golden chalice with an unfamiliar pure white glittering liquid. Hmm. I did I did say that I had done any mazes, like many mazes before, but uh, this is not what I expected, I suppose. I give the chalice like a very um, dubious look, but I'm I'm just How like this. I'm surrounded by wizards. I'm surrounded by fucking wizards. There's <laughs> nothing I can do to escape from here without somebody drinking this. <laughs> <laughs> I just sort of wait for it to happen. Real, who was already looking curiously at the chalice. <laughs> It's like, well... You're an honorary wizard. He is. He grew up around wizards. It, you know... You no, can't, you can't all yeah, a little off. bit wizard uh, in their soul. <laughs> you can't live around them that long without getting a little bit... Uh, yeah, he'll um go up to the chalice, I guess, and see if he can, like, lift it up. What does it feel like? Does it magically attack him once he touches it? What are we dealing with here? <laughs> Funny as it would be to say roll for initiative, it does not attack you. Um, <laughs> it is quite heavy, but not unnaturally so, because it does appear to be made of gold. It's not attached to, to the plinth. It is carved, um, or engraved, I suppose is actually the word. It is in, 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 engraved with a pattern um, a bit like lily petals. So... The bowl of the cup forms the bowl of the flower. Oh, okay. With uh, a sort of leaf and stem design on the stem and base of 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 the goblet. Um, the liquid inside is almost like snow, which I think you've seen once or maybe even twice. Yes, when we were in the um, yeah. forest, but yes. It has it that all... same pure white glitteringness to it, but but in liquid form. Huh. Real this drink? Center. <laughs> oh, shit! What? Okay. 
Yep. <laughs> Nate, yeah. I just halfway through a sentence and and it's just like, no, wait. I I must I must I must myself I must myself oh Lord throw down sense throw down good sense from heaven, from heaven. <laughs> or heavy rocks as long as they meet the mark. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to send Mel a message about something. Um, I have a backup oh plan. <laughs> it's it's okay. It is genuinely okay. It's just... I can't believe this. Someone else drinks from the chalice. Someone else drinks from the chalice, and then I send you a private message being like, hey, do you want to do a cool thing? If not, no worries. I have a backup plan. I'm waiting. I just can't find you. There you are. I couldn't find you in my DMs list. Mm. I mean, I'm just going to berate Rill. <laughs> I was going to say that if it's in the middle of a maze, it's either a reward, congratulations, you made it to the end centre of the maze, or you made it to the centre of the maze because you're an idiot, and this is Why a punishment or a trick. <laughs> the door was open to get into the maze. Why would this be a trap? Also, we haven't gotten to look at the library because that was torn to shreds. We can't hang around and do anything because I have to find my mother. I want to do... Something. I want to have something from this place. When you I, leave. I, I know. I know. I just don't want to leave anybody behind If when we get out of here. I just try to look out for you. Well, Rill looks down at his skin. I'm not coming out in boils or anything, so hopefully it was alright. I don't look any different, do I? Okay. No. Discussion's completed. Um, you take a look at Rill, and actually he kind of, his eyes are kind of, kind of shifting to that same glittering white as whatever is in the goblet. And Rill, your mouth is just full of this taste that is very clean and sharp and herbal, except you don't recognize the herb at all. Hmm. And it lingers on the roof of your mouth as well as the back of your tongue. And you find, rather than seeing the room around you, things waver and shift. And as vivid as being caught up in a dream, you find yourself remembering something you'd forgotten. You were sitting around a campfire on the way back across the mountains after you'd last visited home. You were sitting around a campfire with Tepsikori. What were you talking about? Probably the novelty of, of traveling, of being so so high up in the mountains and seeing all of these new places. And maybe um, if it was after we'd visited home, he, he might have been digging a little bit about Tipsikari's past, which we didn't know a lot about at that point. I don't have a past. I don't want one. I burned it up. Sent it up like ashes into the sky, and I 
raise and I raise my hand over the campfire and I'm wearing my I'm wearing my um storytelling outfit and the fans on the edge curl the smoke up into a tight spiral and then I sweep my arm and it's all blown away. You can just do that, you know. You can just leave everything behind, make a fresh break and go wherever you want to. Do whatever you want to. Really, though, can you? I mean, you don't, you never forget those things, those people and places that you grew up, that you've seen before. You might want to, but they, they always linger. Depends on how much you want to forget. And how far you're willing to go. I've done a lot of travelling. i come a very long way. Suppose I might think just... of it differently one day, when I've travelled as much as you have. I'm just saying. It's always an option that you have, you know? You don't have to keep looking back. It just depends on what you're willing to burn. You blink, Rill, as the smoke keeps spiralling up from the fire. And... You're tasting wood smoke, and it, between one thought and the next, it fades back to that herbal aftertaste of the liquid that you drank, and you are in a stone-walled maze. And then you all see the walls shuffle and shift and rearrange faster than the eye can follow. And now the entrance to this central chamber you're in, instead of being at your backs, is before you. What just happened? Real, are you, are you okay? Oh, Real's eyes are now back to normal. <laughs> you went kind of weird and didn't say anything for a second. I... I just remembered a conversation I had um, with Tipsickory. And Rill looks over at Ember, and he explains, "It was when we were, um, it was when we were traveling back over the mountains, and um, I don't know. I guess, I guess whatever controls this, and he waves at the, the walls, the maze. I guess it likes that, or or was trying to tell us something. I, I, I don't know. Hmm." I don't suppose it's got anything to do with the the phoenix visions the stone gave us. Uh, I mean, maybe, but I don't know what it what it could be. I mean, they're dead. They might be home for all we know, but that wouldn't be anything. Uh, it wouldn't be something they were looking forward to. So I hope it is a bit more positive for us. I suppose we go on then. Right. Either way, that does look like an exit, so. It's shorter, the way out of the maze. It winds and it turns, but where there are dead-end branches, they're short enough that you can see that they are dead ends. And in only a couple of minutes of walking, you find yourselves stepping back out into the strange hallways 
of this realm and looking at the stonework there is a faint faint intermingling of gold among the blue marbling as you are making progress well look you're heading in the right direction after all in gold words i suppose weren't we yes exactly so let's keep going down then let's move Okay, could I have uh, another survival check for for navigation, please? I will provide. <laughs> that will be a nine. Oh. Mm. It, it's not that you're turned around, exactly. It is definitely the fault of, of the place, not having hallways that run in the, in the direction that you want to go. That's definitely what it is. Um... Which is partially true in that you are trying to head pretty directly clockwise and the hallways in this part of the place are tending to run if clockwise is north then these are running east to west. Mm. So you're kind of having to wind back and forth like a switchback road up a mountain trying to make progress. So you, you are making slower progress overall than you were earlier in the day. Uh, and it does get quite frustrating. Um, not that you, not that you were completely stalled, um, but it feels like harder work than it did this morning. Mm. Probably um, getting increasingly visibly frustrated. Yeah. Um, after a, a couple more hours, um, Zouchette will look up at Rill and say, "By my count, that spell should be wearing off about now, ish." It does feel like it's getting weaker. It it hasn't quite gone yet, but it will soon. I think we should find somewhere to hole up for the night. Somewhere with doors. Somewhere with doors. Sounds good to me. Okay. Um one one more um either survival or investigation check to find somewhere with doors. I'll take investigation. Mm-hmm. Fifteen. That's pretty good. Take takes a bit of casting about. Um, you are currently in, let me just, once again, checking my color codes, because I think I know what's up, but I got to check. Got to have consistency in our mostly improvised settings. Um, (laughs) Okay. There are not a lot of, of rooms in this part of the realm that have got doors. It's a, a generally a quite honeycombed structure with... You've left that region of east to west hallways and just entered the beginning of another stretch of interconnected chambers with few distinct hallways at all. Instead, each of the chambers connects to at least a couple of others and sometimes upward and downward as well as sideways. And the difficulty you have here now that you're looking for somewhere to stop is is finding even one that only has one exit uh, but you do after 10 15 minutes of checking every room find one that is mirrored in all all of its sides it is a six-sided chamber and 
all of its walls are mirrored and it has a solid stone doorway that swings out swings um inwards which when you close it behind you the inside of that is also mirrored so it's almost unbroken apart from the the the, the semi concealed like groove in the door that serves as a handle and you're surrounded by reflections of yourselves uh, and in the center of this chamber there's a sourceless gently twisting column of like thick fog mm. but it doesn't react to your presence at all doesn't seem at all threatening it, it smells clean and it does have a door I suppose it'll do. It's disconcerting to trying to sleep with mirrors everywhere, but sleep is what we need. Suppose you're right. Any chance we could get one of those uh, tiny huts in here or something to yeah block out it's... the mirrors? I think that is a good idea. I'll set one up. Okay. Yeah, you can. Probably just about fit it. It might be a bit cut off at, at the edges by the planes yeah, of the mirror because it's quite a large dome. But yeah, you can reduce it down to there are mirrors in the corners instead of the whole thing is mirror and and feel a little better. Um, you are in, you, you are uh, perforce bringing that column of fog into the hut with you. This may or may not bother you, but just based on the layout of the space, there's definitely no way you could cast Tiny Hut in here without the Column of Fog being inside it. That's okay. The Column of Fog will also get a really nice place to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and it does, it does help with re- reducing that unsettling, endless reflections of yourselves. Okay. Are you keeping watches or no? Yeah, considering... The thing that might be coming after us, I think um, we ought to. We should, and we can afford to. We're safe in here. Mm. Okay, whoever is taking uh, first watch, um, please roll me a perception check. I think that I will take first watch. Mm -hmm. 20. Mm -hmm. You sort of sit in the dark, well, the dim inside your hut as everyone else settles down to rest. And you didn't really notice it while you were traveling, because it is faint. But every now and then, there are little shivers, little tremors, through the rock, beneath and around you. There are faint noises of rock settling, or crunching into other pieces of stone and the longer you listen to it you the more you understand that feeling that this realm is in pieces that on the scale you see things they're very large pieces and there's really not a problem if you can find ways to bridge the gaps but on its own terms it is fractured and broken, and the pieces are still moving. Who's on Middle Watch? I'll take Middle Watch. 
<laughs> you feeling spooked yet? <laughs> yeah, I am feeling very spooked. I regret taking first watch because now my <laughs> now my sleep is going to be terrible. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I'll take middle watch. Mm-hmm. Roll me a perception check. That's an eight. I think. I think although you are doing your best, you're kind of still being distracted by 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 the reflections and the mirrors, and you keep thinking about who would build a hexagonal mirror room. What what what, what is the possible po- point of a mirror room? Whose fault is this? <laughs> Why? And who's going last, please? I suppose that's me. Um, eleven. It's very dull keeping watch in a closed room that's that's mm. the thing um normally at least you can look in different directions and there's different stuff and here it's just a a sealed room and there's really nothing to see and and, and toward as as the end of of your rest time is approaching even doing your best you are just starting to drift just a little just starting to Get a little drowsy because you did only get you got enough sleep, but not not like as much as you would have liked because it was your turn on watch. And yeah, you you, you were you're probably just having like little little snatches of dream, and you sort of shake yourself awake and pinch yourself because there's it would be very silly for anything to be quietly snuffling around the door. And when you shake yourself awake and Listen harder. There isn't anything. It's fine. I'm glad it's fine. Yeah, I'd be really concerned if it wasn't fine. Yeah. Should we wrap? And sorry. Yeah, and there there is no such thing as morning. But at some point, you, after about eight hours of rest, you will kind of feel like it's time to be awake and to hunt through your packs with some kind of breakfast. Mm Hmm. Dried fish, I imagine. Mm, quite likely. Getting our stockfish on. Ah, the mystical, fortune-telling smell of salt cod. <laughs> it's really creepy when the uh, when the hut drops and it's just like suddenly infinite reflections of you in multiple directions. Mm. You're like, is that what I look like when I'm chewing? I don't like it. <laughs> Not really what the back of my hair looks like. <laughs> Like the horror, like the horror of being in a hotel bathroom and just like there's an entire wall that's just mirrored and it's like, I don't want to look at my face. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Can I have uh, another survival check for uh, further navigation in hopefully the direction of an aviary? Let's go. Yeah, 11. A workman like 11. Yeah. It it it's a it helps a lot that Maynard has in rifling through his spellbook rediscovered that 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 bearings cantrip that he learned because it means you can keep checking in on the broad direction you're trying to go, hmm. um, which is definitely a help. Um, and between you, you continue to work off in in the direction. Um, could someone else, because Trick is occupied, uh, roll me a perception check, please. Yeah, uh, I'll make one. 26. Hmm. Damn. Yeah, for, t- for 26 you get multiple pieces of information. 
Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh no. The first thing, and it's up to you, your emotional response to this, but the first thing is the increasing certainty that you are being followed. Mm. At quite a distance, you're only really picking it up in sometimes uh, footsteps at a distance behind you, and sometimes when you have to double back, there's just that hint of movement that shouldn't be there, but you are fairly sure you are being followed. The second thing you notice is signs of past struggles. Some of the rooms you're passing through, and this whole area seems like it is more... There are more gathering spaces here. There are more places that actually have furniture, that have uh, chairs, that have tables, uh, that have things in them mm-hmm. and sometimes they are very overturned and scuffled and sometimes once or twice you distinctly see the place where an arrow or a crossbow bolt has been dug back out of something wooden and sometimes you see places where the polished edge of stone has a chip out of it, as if a sword has struck it. There's just just enough signs to put together and say you are not the first people to have come this way since this place got to be dangerous. Okay. Uh, see, one of those pieces of information... Um, is is bad, <laughs> and the other one uh makes real extremely excited. Um, so he is he's going to share the information, the first information that we're we're definitely being followed, but from a from a distance. And uh, I think it might be our um our friend, but I suppose. It has to be. Anyone else, anyone I mean, from our plane would have showed themselves. Well, I'm... This, this, this creature, Oryxol, um, has wings. Um, and did you say there were footsteps? Yes, uh, here and there. I, I don't think they were ours echoing about. They were I'm just different. saying that um, if your mother and other people are here might not be the only ones maybe she didn't she didn't mention any any dwarves that were brought along but we didn't exactly have um extravagant communication either I just the way that Oryxol sort of floated out of the, the wall and everything I I hazard to think that it actually has the capacity to make footsteps. Sounds. Uh, it had legs, it had feet, and walking is much quieter than flying. It makes sense to me. 
Either way, they haven't done anything or shown themselves or attacked us. That is also concerning. Oh. That's disquieting, but I'm more excited that we're on the, the right route, honestly. I, I mean, look at that. There's definitely somebody dug a crossbow bolt out of that couch, and I think that chip in the column over there it looks like maybe from a sword, so there's definitely something happening here. Something did happen. Yeah, fighting. Maybe with the other creatures that were in here, more celestials. Possibly. I think uh, I think I should try scrying on my mother now. I, we might be close enough to pick something up. Good. Good idea. Uh, we'd have to find a, a a room though to do it in. One of these um, one of these other ones that. There's a lot of them around. They offer different scrying capabilities. I can't I can't just do it on my own. If you are looking for an improvised scrying location, you are in the right realm of reality. Yep. <laughs> it's trivial. How yeah. would you like to do your scry? Like what what are the what are the what are the uh, components you're looking for? You want a crystal ball? You want a reflecting Sorry. pool? You want incense? What are you after? Hmm. You know, I, I feel like we've seen a lot of pools lately. I feel there's like less maybe of them, we actually, need... since, you, since you've been passing sort of out of the blue zone and into the gold, there's been less oh, of that and more sort of crystal balls and mirrors and things. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, you know what? We haven't we haven't done anything with crystal balls, so yeah, I would like to find a crystal ball, please. In most circumstances. I want to find a crystal ball is quite challenging. Here, it's like 10 minutes of looking yeah. in rooms as you pass them, and you're like, oh, there's one. There's crystal one. ball. Cushions. Lovely. Oh, we even get cushions. Oh, nice. And you are scrying on. Uh, before that, he is going to cast sending to make sure that she knows <laughs> that he's uh, doing this. So it makes it a lot easier. Sure. Um, as you are now in the same um in the same plane of reality you do not need to roll to see whether your sending succeeds so uh go ahead okay all right he casts sending and he says we're still searching for the aviary going to scry on you got through a maze how are you doing has anything changed for you that is exactly 25 words i counted them nice on break. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you. Say what, Ben? You cut out. I said, I, uh, I'm sorry, that was your DM saying that, not your mother. Um, <laughs> oh no, I just didn't hear what you said. <laughs> I said I'm proud of you. Um, <laughs> but that was me and your counting, not I not have me, one though. for Aroxol as well. I was going to send him last <laughs> That's amazing, please. That's think. a strange um, idea, but I love it. No, that's a glorious idea. I'm Always still gonna, talk still to gonna the weird do it if he doesn't disease. jump us. I'm gonna, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna send him. Uh, the answer comes in sort of a a a, a tumble of of word concepts because that sendings aren't quite words. It's always a bit they approximate to words. Um, but the answer comes in a sort of hurried rush. Hunting right now. We're a little busy. We'll be fine. Don't be scared when you look at us. Uh. What? <laughs> I roll like stares into this giant crystal ball. That just immediately. He just like reaches out and like t like touches it. Like there has to be more than this. 
<laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> oh, please, Scry. I need to see this. Yes, he's, a <laughs> he's absolutely doing Scry. Uh, yeah, he's going to um, he's going to look into the crystal ball and um, immediately uh, just try and scry on his mother. Um, uh, same place, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, they have to make a wisdom saving throw, which I believe they can voluntarily fail. Yes, they can voluntarily fail it. Yeah. Yes, and then none of the modifiers matter because it's not. You don't also have to roll to hit. It's just a question of if they. Make their if save. They or not, yeah. Yeah. So you cast scrying for what I think is the first time. <laughs> yeah, he's never done this before. Never done this before, <laughs> but you know, needs must. This is a crystal ball. I understand the principle of this. Here we go. And for you and only for you, um, an image appears in the crystal ball. And some of this image is foggy. You can you can see that they're are other figures also present but because they're not the target of the spell they're kind of blurred out it's like looking at them without your glasses and only right the one figure is really in focus and and when she went off to war you were 10 yeah you barely remember what she looks like but you do recognize the shade of her hair and the shape of her chin as this drow woman in battered and patched armor is locked in combat oh no <laughs> with something that and you're not getting a very clear look at it because the view of this spell is locked upon Mila, but she's got a sword and she is fighting something that you gradually get a sense of is a bird about 10 feet tall. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> she looks flustered because... She was not expecting you to call right then. Yep, picked a bad time. Whoops. <laughs> bad moment. But she's quickly kind of getting back into it. She doesn't look injured, and she doesn't look worried. Um, but she is fighting a very, very large bird. Um, is mostly white, but there are flashes of, of bright color and swirling patterns. Uh, on its feathers uh, as it as it fights um and the sweep of a very long tail and and the impression you gradually get because this scry does does last for 10 minutes so over the mm -hmm. minute or so that this fight takes because they're being quite cautious um it, it, you 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 put together the picture of it as just an immense peacock or something like that huh and when they finally take it down, the first thing someone does, one of the one of the figures you can't really see, um, but you can get it from the, from the colors, has gone over and after bringing it down, has slit its throat to let the blood run out. Mm -hmm. um, and then it gets 
increasingly gory as um they dress the bird. Yeah. There's a yeah. couple of minutes of making sure everyone is okay and cleaning weapons and then they are getting to work butchering this bird. Um because apparently that's what hunting means. Makes sense. Yeah. Better imagine a, a very, very large bird would be uh, good eaten. I'm just imagining an ostrich-sized bird. Yeah. Like ostrich-sized peacock. Ostrich-sized, oh, but it's a peacock. Yeah. And and Mila cleans her sword and puts it away and kind of rolls her neck and says, if you're watching, we are all fine. Don't worry about us. Aww. Aww. And we'll stop there tonight. Yay! That was so good! Hey! Oh, it's gonna be so wholesome when we come back. It's gonna be great. (laughs) Love it. Come Out and Play is a real play podcast project, all trans, all the time. You can find us at CAOPcast on Patreon and on Twitter, and at our website, comeoutandplay.games. If you're trans or non-binary and you'd like to get involved, drop us a line. And as always, if you enjoy our show, share it with your friends. And if you don't enjoy our show, share it with your enemies. Word of mouth is how a project like this gets attention, and we just love attention. Have you all considered worshipping a sensible god who encourages you to be sensible and come home alive? No. Not not even once. The do not have one of those and never have. I don't have one. What would the fun be in that? If we're going to live for 900 years, why the fuck would we do that? The, the messenger is like, if you're going to die on the road, you owe it to the world to do so in mysterious circumstances and leave right, a confusing yeah. corpse. You, you leave blood mysterious, like a mysterious right. half-written you, sentence you, of blood on the cave wall. You and, have a you know. religious duty to leave environmental storytelling <laughs> around your corpse. Yes.